This is the Intego Mac Podcast. The voice of Mac security. For Thursday, November 16th, 2023. This week's Intego Mac Podcast security headlines include, Has Apple dropped the ball on providing a security patch for a popular macOS command line tool? Was it a swindle? A user receives a counterfeit phone instead of an iPhone, but in a way that even Houdini might have had trouble making happen. And some tips on shopping for tech devices safely and securely during Black Friday sales. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing just fine today. In the second part of the podcast, we're going to talk a bit about Black Friday, which comes up again. That's actually Black November, because some of the places have started selling things on November 1st here. But we first want to talk about an article that you wrote on the Intego Mac security blog saying that Apple is neglecting to patch multiple critical vulnerabilities in macOS. That's quite a bold accusation, Josh. Do you have evidence of this? I do, certainly. I Of course, I wouldn't say that if I didn't have evidence. (laughs) You might remember a month ago, back on the October 12th episode, which was number 313, we talked about how Apple was missing a patch for curl. This is both a command line utility and also a library that can be embedded in other applications that basically used for accessing content from the web from within another app. Or you can run it as a command line tool to download things from the web in the terminal. Curl had just released, that is the Curl project maintainers, had just released a patch. And we still, to this day, a month later, more than a month later, we have the old version of Curl still included with the latest version of macOS, which is kind of weird. It's not just the previous version. It's a very old version of Curl. But you're saying this is a critical vulnerability? Does Apple really just not check these command mine utilities? Well, it it is sort of odd. So there's a standards organization that puts together a score called a CVSS score, and they rate it a 9.8 out of 10. And they call that a critical vulnerability. That's about as bad as it gets. It's extremely rare that you get a 9.9 or a 10 out of 10. So they're saying this is really bad. Now, how likely is it that someone's going to use this, you know, and exploit it on your Mac? Probably not very likely, but still, I mean, when you've got a high severity or critical severity vulnerability, you would expect that Apple is going to patch that pretty quickly. Okay. So there's more than just curl. Right. In writing this article, I ran the curl space hyphen hyphen version command on the command line. And what one of the things that that will tell you, of course, is the version of curl that you've currently got installed on your Mac. But the other thing that will tell you is its dependencies. So if there are other libraries that it's taking advantage of, it will list those there as well. So one of those other dependencies is Libre SSL. It's the technology that allows a secure connection to a website or or others. And so it turns out that Libre SSL, which is also part of Mac OS, is also very out of date. In fact, it was last updated nearly 20 months ago in March 2022. So it's almost two years old at this point, the version that's included. 
So if we look more into that, the National Vulnerability Database lists at least four vulnerabilities in this particular version of LibreSSL that's still being included in the latest version of macOS, two of which, by the way, are 9.8 critical vulnerabilities. Apple makes no mention of those vulnerabilities by name anywhere on its site. And there's other things that are outdated as well beyond that. So the takeaway from this is Apple's not doing such a great job of patching these open source components, of including the latest version of open source components with all the security patches that they include in its latest operating systems. And this has actually been a problem for a while. It doesn't come up all that often because it's really just, you know, geeks like me who are looking into this stuff and realizing, oh, my gosh, like this is really out of date. Okay, we have a headline that needs some explaining. Nothing is bringing iMessage to its Android phone. You need to know that there is a company called Nothing that makes a, is it the Nothing phone? Yeah, it's the Nothing phone. (laughs) Okay, I just want to own a Nothing phone. Anyway, they've come up with a convoluted way of letting Android users use iMessage, and it's incredibly insecure. So there are third-party solutions for kind of getting iMessage to work on Android, and they're all, uh, let's say, kludgy. And some of them, I would say, are kind of sketchy. One solution that currently exists for being able to do this is software that you can run on your Mac that will forward iMessages from your Mac to your Android phone. But there's also services that allow you to sign into your Apple ID on someone else's server, meaning you're handing over your username and password for your Apple ID and giving it to someone else to keep active on their server in order for them to forward your messages on to your Android device for you. Neither one of these solutions is supported by Apple, of course. And now what the Nothing Phone is doing, and specifically Nothing Phone 2, this is the second version of this phone, it comes with the capability of allowing you to kind of sort of get iMessages to your Android phone as a built-in feature. They're calling this messaging platform Sunbird, and it's kind of weird the way that they describe how this thing works. They say it's literally signing in on some Mac mini in a server farm somewhere, and that Mac mini will then do all of the routing for you to make this happen. So it kind of sounds like that first solution we talked about where you run software on your own Mac, except that this is being run in a server farm. Like, what? This sounds kind of crazy. But this is run on someone's computer who can therefore access your messages. Right. That's the thing is you're intentionally making someone else the man in the middle for all of your iMessages just so that you can have your iMessages come in on your Android phone. That doesn't seem like a great idea. Okay. We have an interesting story, which is nostalgic. And it's kind of weird that Apple just discontinued sales of the last macOS install DVDs. In fact, that's not correct. It's macOS 10 install DVDs of Lion and Mountain Lion. Do you remember when you used to be able to get macOS 10 on DVD? And when Mountain Lion came out, it was the first version of macOS 10 that was available on the Mac App Store. 
It costs $20, which we were thinking, ooh, compared to, I don't know, $100 or whatever it had been before, it was really cheap, and we were downloading it, and we didn't need the disc. And then Mavericks came out, and it was free. And I didn't look up to see the presentation of Mavericks with the new Macs of that time, but I kind of remember Steve Jobs doing a thing, and in the background it said the price was $0 or something. To be fair, when you were used to paying $100 or $129 for Mac OS X, getting it free, that was kind of like your Mac was worth $100 more, right? What you paid for your Mac. By the way, if you had been a public beta tester, it cost $30 to be part of that public beta. And so they gave you a $30 discount on the very first version of Mac OS X. It was 130 bucks, and it wasn't a yearly release cycle. That's right. Um, but eventually, Apple got into that groove, and they brought the price down to so $20 and then free, starting with Mac OS X Mavericks, which, by the way, came out 10 years ago. The last time that it made sense to get a DVD copy of OS X Mountain Lion would have been a little over 10 years ago before Mavericks came out. If you needed to install the latest operating system on some older computer that you want, you wanted to upgrade to Mountain Lion, then you would get the installation DVDs. Once Mavericks came out 10 years ago, there hasn't been much need for these DVDs. So I'm I was really surprised to hear that Apple was still selling any installation DVDs. Okay, we noticed a story and it raised a question of something that we've never explained on the podcast. We're going to link to Mac Rumors and their story is Apple stops signing iOS 17.1 preventing downgrading. And every time there's a new version of iOS, three or four Apple websites mentioned Apple stops signing preventing downgrading. But we thought that we've never explained what that means. So stop signing. We've talked about code signing that if Apple basically withdraws a certificate, an app can't run, which is the same for an installer. But why would they do this to prevent downgrading from one version of an operating system to the previous version of the operating system? I guess there's kind of two reasons, but they're both related reasons. The reason is essentially that older versions of iOS have vulnerabilities. And two more specific reasons might be that Apple is trying to prevent people from being able to downgrade for purposes of jailbreaking. If they had upgraded to the latest version of iOS and then realized, oh, shoot, I can't jailbreak this version. Apple doesn't really want people jailbreaking their phones anyway, because then they're going to be, for example, able to download a third party app store and then be able to bypass in-app purchases and be able to get things from some other place besides the app store. So Apple doesn't really like it from that perspective. The other angle of if for example, law enforcement or some nefarious party gets a hold of your iPhone and they want to break into it, they may not be able to do it if you've got the latest version of iOS because it's patched all the known vulnerabilities. So theoretically, if Apple didn't stop signing previous versions of iOS, then it would be possible for someone to take your device and maybe downgrade it to an older version, a known vulnerable version of iOS, so they could more easily break into it. Those are some reasons why Apple probably does this. 
And Kirk and I were kind of discussing before the show, like, why doesn't Apple do this for Mac OS? I feel like they're, they're very different operating systems from that particular perspective. And Mac OS is much more open, always has been than iOS. You can run third party apps. You know, there's no need to jailbreak a Mac. Apple has some pretty good reasons to prevent you from downgrading to an insecure version of iOS. About a year ago, Apple introduced their emergency SOS via satellite feature for the iPhone 14. And Apple today announced that they will provide this to existing iPhone 14 users for an additional free year. You might have forgotten that this feature was meant to be, well, not free forever, that they announced it was going to be free for a year. They didn't say anything about how you would subscribe after that, who would subscribe, It's kind of interesting because in the Mac press, every time someone gets saved by the emergency SOS or crash detection, people write about it. And just this week, there is a journalist at Apple Insider, Daniel Aaron Dilger, who wrote an article saying that crash detection saved another life, mine. He was in a serious accident and crash detection helped him. Now, crash detection and emergency SOS are two different things. Crash detection is automatic. Emergency SOS via satellite is when you're in the middle of nowhere. But these are features that are are very good selling points for the iPhone. And it's kind of interesting that Apple's decided to extend this feature for free. Makes me think that they're never going to make anyone pay because who would think of paying for it, right? If you have to pay 20 bucks a year, you're going to say, ah, it's not worth it. Unless you're someone who goes off the grid a lot. Right. When we talked about this, when the iPhone 14 first came out, that was one of my questions. Am I going to have to pay for this then a year from now if I want to continue to have emergency SOS via satellite? My thought is that probably this doesn't cost Apple all that much to keep this service going. They've got to have it available anyway for new models for people who are just buying the latest iPhone. So it's probably not really going to save Apple any money. It's probably not costing them much. And also they haven't been giving people alerts that, hey, your phone's a year old now. You're going to have to buy emergency SOS for another year. I guess Apple just decided that it makes the most sense, probably from a liability perspective too, in case people miss that notification that they need to renew their emergency SOS, right? So from a liability perspective, it just makes sense to keep it going for everybody. And maybe it'll be permanent. Maybe it's just another year. We'll have to see next year. We're going to take a break and we're going to give you some tips for safe shopping on Black Friday and Black Friday week and Black Friday month and all the rest of that. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users for over 25 years, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected. Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection, Net Barrier, powerful inbound and outbound firewall security, Personal Backup to keep your important files safe from ransomware, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Sonoma and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. And now, with Black Friday coming up, you'll want to get the best deal of the year on Intego software. To get notified when our Black Friday sale starts, sign up for the Intego newsletter at blog.intego.com newsletter. That's blog.intego.com newsletter to sign up to get notified as soon as Intego's Black Friday sale begins. Intego, 
world-class protection and utility software for Mac users made by the Mac security experts. Okay, so Black Friday is here again. Are you tired of Black Friday, Josh? I'm getting kind of tired. Years ago, there used to be really good sales for Black Friday. Now it's just an excuse for companies to raise the price of things before Black Friday so they can drop them 25% for Black Friday and say that they're on sale. I feel like this has also gotten a little bit too complicated because it used to be that there was one day, maybe two days, if you count Cyber Monday as well, that you could expect a sale to be going on. Or maybe it would just be from Friday to Monday, and then it kind of bled into Thanksgiving Day in the US. You know, So you had like Thursday through Monday to, you know, with all these different retailers, it kept getting earlier. And now you don't really know when is going to be the best time to get the best deal, right? Should I buy a Black Friday month deal from somebody else or should I wait for someone else's Black Friday sale to begin? It's just, it's too complicated. I don't like it. So two years ago, I upgraded my TV. And what I did is I bought from a retailer in the UK who guaranteed that if this TV was available at a lower price through the end of November, that they would refund the difference. And I bought this maybe 10 days before Black Friday, and I knew that I could trust them. Right. That's the way to do it. That's how everybody should be doing their Black Friday sales. Everybody should be doing this. Lock them in, get the sale from them, and then if they can prove that they there was a better price that they found somewhere else, then give them the discount retroactively. Especially because most people don't bother to check if there's a better price and they'll never get the discount anyway. So they make the sale with a promise. Anyway, we want to start with a story that's not Black Friday related, but it might kind of be. Someone wrote a very long story on Reddit, says, I got a fake iPhone 15 Pro from Apple. We're going to summarize this because there's a lot of moving parts. He ordered an iPhone 15 Pro from Apple. It was delivered. He opened the box and he got basically a copy Android phone that kind of had a version of Android that was skinned to look like iOS. This is a really weird story. And this occurred in the UK. And so I can tell you from experience the way Apple manages these deliveries. They only use a couple of delivery companies. In this case, it was DPD which is my favorite delivery company, because when you're getting a delivery, you get a link and you can see where the driver is on a map. And you can see your delivery number 16 of 48, you'll be delivered in 20 minutes and you can spot and you know when they're going to be there. So you don't have to worry about missing it. The guy opened the box and got this fake iPhone. Now, If you're listening to this podcast, you bought Apple products and you know that the way they are sealed is with a very specific type of tape that once you take it off, you can't replace it. Now, that's the case for the iPhone's box, but also the box it ships in. And an iMac ships in a box with the same sort of tear-off tape, an Apple Watch or an Apple Watch watch band. Everything has that tape. It's not clear where this got switched. We're trusting that the guy's telling the truth, right? That he's not making this up, but you never know. The only possibility, literally the only possibility is this got switched in the factory or just after the factory where the iPhone was assembled because now the person didn't say that it had the right tear tape, right? The pull tape, but I'm assuming it did. The box looked legitimate. It's not possible that some delivery driver managed to open the box and replace it with the exact same model 
fake iPhone. So the iPhone 15 Pro Max titanium, whatever color, right? The color. It's not possible that the delivery driver did that because Apple's pretty strict about controlling that. It's not possible that this occurred in a container on a ship or in a uh, an airplane flying from China. The only real possibility was that someone in the factory switched a bunch of iPhones for Android phones. The Android phones cost, I don't know, 50, 100 bucks, whatever the equivalent is. And the iPhones were worth a thousand and they could sell them on the black market. I think there's a couple of interesting ways to look at this. So from the attacker's perspective, what do they get out of this? The most Obvious one probably is that they got a real iPhone that they can turn around and sell theoretically in exchange for giving away a very cheap knockoff Android device, right? The other thing that potentially a bad guy could get out of this is, of course, if they're giving you an Android phone, it could very well have malware on it. It could be phoning home to a server that's controlled by the person who slipped this in the box, right? So when it prompts you for, let's say, an Apple ID, it could be getting your username and password. It could be logging your keystrokes. So maybe you go to a website to make a purchase and you type in your credit card number. Anything that you input into that device could be taken and harvested by an attacker. Okay, so Black Friday. First tip, I think just make sure that the packaging is sealed with that pull-off strip. If you ever get an Apple device delivered to you and it's covered with tape, refuse delivery and call Apple right away because that's very suspicious. Black Friday, and Josh likes to do this every year, and I'm going to let Josh talk about don't buy old devices because they can't get security updates. And if you buy an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 7 now, it's going to be really cheap, and you are going to be in danger once you fire that phone up. If, for example, you're buying a router this year, you want to make sure that you're getting something that has Wi-Fi 6E. So new Apple devices are starting to come with Wi-Fi 6E. And why is it so bad if you get something that's just Wi-Fi 6, the previous standard? Well, the reason is that those are going to be older devices, which means that not only do they support an older standard and not the latest one, but that also means that they came out longer ago, which means that you probably have less time remaining that the company is still going to be releasing security updates, firmware updates for that router. When I went on Amazon just now and I searched for routers, what do I get in the results? The first is a sponsored result for a Linksys Wi-Fi 5 router. What? And then, so that's AC 1200. So it's 802.11 AC is the standard. And that's really old. That's the first result. And then I get another sponsored result for a Linksys Wi-Fi 6 router. And it, it, I have to keep scrolling and scrolling forever until I finally get to Wi-Fi 6E routers. This is problematic. You don't want to buy a, something that's an outdated device when it comes to routers, when it comes to computers, smartphones, tablets, any of these things, make sure you're getting something that's current. I'm going to slightly disagree with Josh. 6E is the most recent, but also the most expensive Wi-Fi router. I think there's a Wi-Fi 7 coming out soon. Wi-Fi 6 is already pretty fast and isn't that old, but anything that's Wi-Fi 5 or older or 802.11bgn, one of those things that is you know really old, you should avoid. Josh likes to talk about routers because people never buy them. 
I think it's more important to talk about, say, old iPhones or old Android phones that are no longer supported with security updates. We'll link to an article on the Intego Mac security blog about when an iPhone is not safe to buy. So at which point is an iPhone too old to get security updates? As Josh also likes to point out, the Apple Watch 3 was sold even after it was no longer supported by the latest version of watchOS. So you really need to be careful about that. You basically need to do your research. It's not just a question of paying less for a device. It's a question of knowing how long it's going to last. In the Android market, brands are starting to say how many years of security updates devices will get. So you'll be able to buy a phone. It says it's going to get four or five or six years of security updates. Google's latest phones get up to seven years of updates. Now, Apple doesn't do that yet. But I think Apple's going to have to start saying how many years of updates it gets. So if you want to buy an older Google phone, right? Google Pixel 5, that's a few years old. You might want to check on the Google website to make sure it's going to get updates for more than a couple of years, because if you buy it now and it doesn't get many updates after a year, you're going to have this phone that was cheap, but that's going to be unsafe to use. Exactly right. So it's important to to be aware there's kind of a sliding scale, in my opinion. If the price is right, and let's say you only really need to use the device for the next year or two, if you can get that price just right where it kind of makes sense, if it's cheap enough that you can get away with using that for a year or two and it's not going to be a big deal to replace it after that point, maybe, maybe that makes sense. You should only pay full price for a device if it's a recent device. The one exception to that right now would be iPads because Apple did not release any new iPad models this entire year. And so we can expect that Apple's probably going to release new iPads sometime within the next several months. But if you really need an iPad right now, you're going to have to get a 2022 model. It's not clear if Apple's going to do a Black Friday sale. They sometimes do, but when they do, it's generally, what, they give a gift card for the Apple Store. I benefited from this, was it last year when I bought the Beats Solo 3 headphones and I got a 50-pound gift card from Apple? That was the offer that they had. You you won't see the new Macs getting Black Friday deals, though apparently Amazon in the U.S. is discounting the not the entry-level M3 iMac, but the next one up, which sells for $14.99, and it's $200 off. But Apple just doesn't do it. They don't need to do Black Friday sales. We're going to link to an article in the show notes called Eight Essential Tips to Stay Safe Shopping Online on Cyber Monday and Cyber Week. And this is for Cyber Monday, and this is for Black Friday. And we won't go into detail about the tips, but shop on familiar websites, check for fake reviews. So we like FakeSpot, and FakeSpot was bought by Mozilla, the company that makes Firefox. They have a new chatbot using Mozilla's first LLM, which is a large language model. ChatGPT is a large language model, and it lets online shoppers research products via an AI chatbot. The problem is that we're going to link to an article in TechCrunch, and the example that Mozilla gives is someone's looking at a chair. How is the lumbar support? And the chatbot replies, the chair provides great lumbar support with a soft mesh back. And it just basically sounds like it's regurgitating the product description. Now, of course, this could help you 
if you've got a very long product description and you want the chatbot to give you some details, FakeSpot will tell you if the reviews on Amazon and certain other websites look fake. They have a way of analyzing and they're probably using AI to do better analysis now. So I always use FakeSpot when I'm buying something basic for the kitchen and there's 500 Chinese brands and this one's the cheapest and I'll use FakeSpot to see if the reviews are good. But these days there are so many fake reviews that it's really hard to get through them. So go through the eight essential tips. They include things like using strong, unique passwords when you set up accounts on websites, making sure that you're on a secure website that's using encryption, the little padlock in the address bar. And don't forget to use robust protection software like Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9 to make sure that you are safe from malware and any other malicious downloads from shopping sites that you visit. Is that it, Josh? Do you have like one really key Black Friday tip to share? One more tip that's not cybersecurity related or privacy, whatever, but if you just want to save a little bit of money, there's one site and one app that we've recommended in the past. The website is camelcamelcamel.com and the app is called Price Pulse. And that's available in the app store. Both of those will help you track when something is actually on sale versus whether they just claim that it's on sale. So you can see the normal pricing for it versus what it's currently priced at and decide for yourself whether it's actually a good deal or not. Okay, that's enough for this week. Josh, don't spend too much money until next week. Stay secure. All right. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com. And don't forget, sign up for the Intego newsletter to get notified as soon as Intego's Black Friday sale begins. Just go to blog.intego.com slash newsletter. That's blog.intego.com slash newsletter to get an email alert the moment our holiday sale is underway. <laughs>